Yo, 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 what up, baby? Welcome to another episode of Football Without Hesitation. As usual, it's Oz here behind the mic in the studio. Exciting day. It's not as usual a day because within hours, hours of this episode dropping, Monterey Bay FC, the newest USL championship franchise that is going to play their home matches 15 minutes away from our studio here is going to start their season. Um, Again, it's a bit unique. They're going to start their season on the road for the first seven matches as they get Cardinale Stadium all prepped and ready and looking pretty, ready for its ESPN debut. But the season, the season's got to start and the season starts tomorrow. So been a busy day trying to get that going, trying to promote that. Again, if you if you don't follow the Instagrams yet, you can follow the podcast Instagram at FWH Podcast. And also, we have a, a supporters group. that I, I'm, I'm part of a small group of people that's putting together a supporters group for Monterey Bay FC. We're calling ourselves Fuerza Unión. If you want to see more about it, on Instagram, go to Fuerza Unión Club, at Fuerza Unión Club, or at Fuerza Unión Club, if you don't speak Spanish. That's why you come here, dude. You come here for those quality jokes. So, so yeah, so I, I am still going to talk about the Quakes in this episode, but it is going to be really short. Not only because, again, it's, it is week two of the Quakes. You know, I, I, you can claim that the sky is falling or that everything is going to be better. Doesn't really matter. 180 minutes in. And then you're playing, you start on the East Coast, I mean, against East Coast competition. You started with New York Red Bulls and then you played Columbus Crew and now they're going out to play Philly. So, again, even if you were to lose all three of them, I guess you do want the points, but it's to the Eastern Conference. You're only really losing three points. But, so, yeah, so let's talk about this. Columbus Crew came in to PayPal Park looking looking like a Columbus Crew that was ready to, to make an MLS final run. They started off the, the season, well, they went to like 5-1 to one or some shit like that. They, they fucking smashed. They come in. They come into San Jose. San Jose just got steamrolled by New York Red Bulls. Doesn't look like they, they know what the fuck they're doing to start the season. And nine minutes in, the Quakes take the lead. <laughs> I was saying last last episode, I was like, this is a perfect time for the Quakes to win four to one. Really confused the fuck out of people. Really like, what the hell is this team all about? Do they know what they're doing? And I'm the crazy one. And it they looked like they were heading that way. Nine minutes in, penalty, Christian Espinosa takes it, and fuck, dude. I mean, why? I don't get it. I don't. I don't. Espinosa taking penalties. I don't get it. That makes sense. He doesn't take the, the strongest penalties. He got lucky. He got lucky. He he got he got figured out. Uh, Columbus keeper figured him out. Went the right direction. Espinosa was just able to put enough mustard behind it to get it past him. And that's what's up, dude. All of a sudden, you're up one to nothing. You're feeling good. And then 33 minutes in, Jamiro Montero just. Stupid lazy tackle. Again, I, I was on the supporters end, and so and it happened in the middle of the field, so I couldn't really see what happened. But as soon as soon as the ref went over to to the VAR, I was just like, "Fuck!" This dude went in with his studs up, dude. And one of those, you know, once the, once the VAR feels that they missed it, a studs up type one that that's that one's so easy to tell. It's so easy to find an angle where again, all you got to see is is if you see the studs, they're too high, they're in the wrong position. And yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna more than likely turn into a red card. Unfortunately, that's what happened, and that allowed Columbus to kind of take control. Seven minutes later, Lucas Larrayan, 
I said it last week. So it was actually pretty cool. Don't get me. These are these are fucking tough. As as a supporter of the Quakes, man, I Carlos Vela scored a fucking goal when he had a hat trick against the Quakes. The third goal was just was beauty. You you could put the replay in the Louvre. It, it was it was gorgeous. But damn, when it's happening against your team and again, Vela, L.A. guy. And that was his hat trick. It's like, damn. And then uh, Salarayana as well. Like, dude couldn't just score little simple ones. He had to score fucking golazos in the 40th minute. Salarayan, the fucking sweet curler. And then all of you're just like, damn. Of course. Of course. I I was there alone, which sounds fucking sad. But fuck, I just wanted to tell someone, dude, this guy right here, number 10, he's going to do something. He's going to do something today. He's that good. This guy is fucking good. And then he scored. I was like, to my head, like, so I told y'all, told me. And then in 68th minute, fucking Zardes. Of course, uh, they were talking on Extra Time Radio that maybe, you know, again, with Zelarayan, Zardes may not have a, a role or any more space in that starting lineup. And he's just like, hey, baby, I'm still a fucking goal scorer, dog. He 68th minute, he comes in and all of a sudden, like, fuck, dude. You know, started so good. And here comes the momentum to the other side. And then five minutes later, here comes El Arrayan again. Again. He was like, I scored one golazo on that end. What about these people? It's not fair that they don't get to see a Lucas El Arrayan fucking golazo. So let me let me give him something to see. And so in the seventh, third minute, he scores a fucking golazo. And you're starting to hang your head a little, you know? You're just like, shit, here we go again. Here we fucking go again. And again, to me, there's no way to prove it. But in my head, when Tommy Thompson came in, I was just like, scoony time. Tommy Thompson, I, I mean, for sure, Shay. But Tommy Thompson, I, I think, I mean, he wasn't playing very often or very much back then. But he, he was right there right at the very end. Pretty sure he played with fucking Lenhart. So anyway, I was just like, oh, it's Goonie time. This, again, I don't know. I don't know. The Quakes getting their ass kicked by a really good team at home like that. I don't know. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was going to end that way. But I would have never, never guessed I that the, the hero would have been Calvo. Francisco Calvo. And I just realized not only, we have a Calvo and a Pelado. On the Earthquakes, that's got to be the most bald, nicknamed, or bald-named team in MLS. Anyway, Francisco Calvo says, hey, guess what? There are these things called set pieces, and I'm pretty fucking tall. (laughs) And, ah, dude, again, the last one, 90 minutes plus six. I think they added four of stoppage time, but Columbus was trying to, you know, trying to do what they did, and and so they added a couple more minutes. They're basically the last second. This this was going to be the last play no matter what. Calvo figures, finds the fucking back of the net, ties the game at the very last second, 3-3, three to three, salvage a point at home against a really good Eastern Conference team. That's another thing that, yeah, okay, the New York Red Bull thing looked bad. Look what they did to Toronto, which Toronto is also a project, but looks like a pretty good, legit team. Columbus, we we all know Columbus is a legit team. Philadelphia, another legit team. I mean, this, yeah, the the Quakes 
it's a struggle, but dude, they're playing. I mean, it's two, it's two matches in, but even, even in June, look, look at the Eastern conference standings and look where Philadelphia, New York and Columbus are. And it's I mean, like, dude, they, they played some fucking, it's hard to, to put the, it's hard to, to be like, dude, it's not working. You're made this crazy formation is not going to work again. But anyway, they'll get another chance again. Like I was saying, they're playing Philadelphia Currently, they're six in the Eastern Conference. I get three goals, four two against. It's fucking. It's there's just so little soccer to have played. The oh, the one cool thing is though, this series is super close. The all time series: Philadelphia Union, San Jose Earthquakes, four four and four. So at least that's gonna change. No matter what happens tomorrow, somebody is gonna finally have a leg up in the overall series. So there's something to watch for there. But anyway, so yeah, that that's exciting, and we'll get into what happened uh, again. What happens there with Philly next week, and we'll already have finished off these player introductions, so I'll have more time. I mean, I really didn't mean to rush past it like that, but but we got we got to introduce these players. We got to introduce Monterey Bay FC. Last week, I did the defenders and the goalkeepers. This week, we're doing the midfielders and the forwards, which is a much bigger part of the roster. So. I want to dedicate a little more time to it. And then and we can we'll start seeing. But tomorrow we'll have the answer. Tomorrow we'll, we'll have the answer as to how Frank is gonna line these guys up. Frank Yallop, coach, I don't know what the fuck. I don't want to be like a fucking personal friends with the guy or anything, but we'll see how he puts them out there and how they do it. Speaking of starting with some tough competition, Monterey Bay is gonna start against Phoenix Rising. And I'll get into it a little bit more at the end. This is a fucking damn good team. And if you want to test as to where you stand currently at, on week one, Phoenix Rising is the team to play. And you're playing in Phoenix. Yeah, it's going to be a big test. So anyway, let's get into this. Let's get into these players. And again, once again, I just want to mention there is no pronunciation guide on the website. So if I mispronounce any names, I apologize. I did my best. But yeah, let's get into this. This first guy, Yamez Murphy. <laughs> no, no, James James Murphy, a center midfielder, twenty four years old, from Scotch Plains, New Jersey. A lot of dudes from the Northeast. A lot of dudes. Uh, uh, club soccer must be really, really developed out there. What's going on, West Coast? We gotta get our shit together. A lot of these Northeastern dudes. So anyway, James Murphy, 24-year-old center midfielder from Scotch Plains, New Jersey, 43 USL championship appearances, once again going with the whole experience in the league already. I read some articles where he was his whole goal is he wants to play in England, man. He wants to play in England or in the UK because he did end up playing in the Scottish championship for Arbreath our, our our FC. It's in Scotland, so I know that you don't pronounce it like that. I know I did that one wrong. But anyway, played 17 matches out there. Unfortunately, again, because of COVID, the season was cut short. Uh, after that, he ended up signing with Rio Grande Valley FC. And again, he's 24 years old, center midfielder. That's not too old for a defender. And he still seems, you know, from whatever I could read, like some guy that's like, yeah, I want to go back to, to England or to the United Kingdom to play. And, and I like that. I, I like, you know, that drive, you, you know, that he's going to want to put his best effort out there. You know, that everyone's, gonna, he knows that people are going to be watching the matches. And if he wants to, to make that leap back again, 
He's got to fucking bust his ass. So that that's cool. That's exciting. I, l- I look forward to to seeing his his efforts out there. Next, we have Moby Fair, defensive midfielder, twenty seven years old. Again, if you look on transfer market, because again, uh, that's where I got a lot of my statistical information. He has 56 appearances as a defensive back, but he's listed as a midfielder on the Monterey Bay uh, website. So I just put him here with the the midfielder group. He's uh, he's actually from New York City, and he, he grew up in Japan. And he made 59 appearances in the Japanese J3 League, so I'm assuming that's the third division in Japan. 59 appearances, man, that's pretty good. Uh, he also made has made 39 appearances for Las Vegas Lights. In 2019 and 2020, in 2020, again, Frank Yallop was with Las Vegas Lights, so there's that connection there. He's also made 32 appearances for the U.S. Men's National U-17s. I mean, it was a decade ago now, but but again, that that's some really high-level competition. And again, the 39 appearances. 39 appearances in Las Vegas, more USL championship experience, 27 years old again. Not not too old, not too old for for a defender. Yeah, 59 appearances in, in the Japanese third division. So the, the guy's got experience. He's got professional soccer experience. We'll see. I mean, I don't know because, again, I have him here as a midfielder. Maybe Frank has plans for him actually on the defense. Like I said, I went I went off of what the website said, and and they're not they're not Frank, so they 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 don't know exactly where he wants to play him. But if I don't know. I'm trying to say if, if he shows up in the midfield, I think the midfield just too is just too crowded. And I think when he played, is this guy when he played for Frank in Las Vegas, he he had him on the defense most of the time. So I, I think he'll play mostly on the defense there. Next, we have Arun Basuljevic, left midfielder, 26 years old from the Bronx, played at Georgetown. So he's a Hoya, and dude, this guy he signed a homegrown contract with New York Red Bulls. And for those not familiar with homegrown contracts, that is a contract in Major League Soccer. Every team gets a certain region. And if any player plays within that region, that team has the ability to sign them before anybody. So like the San Jose Earthquakes can't just go to Miami where they have this really great 14-year-old and try to sign him. Inter Miami would have the first option because more than likely he would fall in their territory or unless he's in Orlando or whatever. Again, each team has its own designated territory. And within that territory, they can sign players to what they call homegrown contracts. And homegrown contracts allow them to pay these players more. And so, again, give them a better incentive and to keep them within the team, but without really affecting the salary cap as much because and i'm not i am not gonna get into a major league soccer salary cap talk right now but major league soccer is just like most of the other american sports leagues in which there is a salary cap and so you have to be very careful of who you pay what because players are making a lot more money now and that salary cap hasn't gone up very much anyway Homegrown contracts, are, again, are given to players within this, these teams' areas that the team believes has a bright future. So this guy was signed to a homegrown contract with New York Red Bulls. He ended up making 27 appearances for New York Red Bulls 2, which is, again, the USL championship side of New York Red Bulls. 
he's made 93 overall appearances in USL championship because it, it didn't really it didn't really pan out with New York Red Bulls and that's just how it happens man there is just so many players it's such a tough competition but again he has 93 appearances in the USL championship seven goals three assists another player with a Frank Yallop connection he played with him when Frank was at Fresno FC in 2019 and I, again this is one that like I was saying with James Murphy he seems to to really want be really vocal about wanting to go back to Europe and that, that that's still a goal for him Basuljevic I don't know I didn't see that and and again it's not like you could find a lot of information about these guys it's it's pretty cool to, to start being the person that starts giving more information about who these guys are but from what I could see you know Basuljevic he he tried you know after Red Bulls he went to Germany did some trials out there with some with some pretty big teams he tried it he tried the whole Europe thing and it didn't work out and I'm not saying I I really doubt that most and most players that feel like they have a future in soccer are going to completely say like oh, now I'm done with Europe but that's just kind of the, I don't know it's just the, the vibe I felt with Arun here and again and that to me like just like Murphy wanting to go to Europe is good because he's going to have that drive. Basuljevic wanting to stay here can also is also very good because man, you can be playing a minute away from the ocean in Central California. Fucking beautiful weather, amazing. I mean, he's gonna be driving down a big sur like holy fuck, I live here now, and so you're gonna want to be here a while, you know? If if you're if you're Comfortable playing professional soccer if you're having a great career and you want to stay here several more years, you're going to want to play good. You're going to want to play good. Once again, 26 years old, still has a lot, a lot of soccer left to play. Yeah, and so that that's exciting. I, I look forward to that. It, it's kind of, and I don't know, like I said, I haven't spoken with the guy. I, I could get him here on the microphone and be like, you're completely wrong. I would go to fucking Europe <laughs> if they put a contract in front of me right now. I don't know, but it's it's nice to see somebody, you know, that potentially might want to stay in the league, especially with a new team like this. You know, we there's no history, there's no team legend or anybody anything yet. That's all up there up for grabs. So that's exciting. All right, next. Another left midfielder is uh twenty five year old Sam Gleedle. Sam Galito also, again, he's transfer market has him as a left back, but he's also played a lot of left mid, so it wouldn't be wouldn't be out of the ordinary to see him playing left mid for Monterey Bay FC. More than likely, that's where you will see him. He's an English dude from Chichester, England, and I mean, I, I knowing English people, that's not how you spell how you pronounce that city at all. Probably like that's that's Gloucester, well, Chichester, England. He played college ball for for the New Mexico Lobos. Oh, that's my, that's my wolf. That's my wolf howl right there. After seven hours of doing talking and Instagram videos and all that, that's that's my my my, uh, my homage to the New Mexico Lobos. Uh, Gleedle has uh, seventy appearances in USL Championship once again. A lot of USL championship experience, seven goals, eight assists, more offensive minded, you know, 
Uh, actually, if you there's a website that I came across, MLSAces.com. It's crazy. It's so cool, the, the websites that, that you find. But uh, MLSAces.com, there was a writer named Tom Sweezy. It was a really cool, really cool uh, bio about Sam Gleadle and who he is and how he got here and what, what he's trying to do. But, yeah, 70 appearances, seven goals, eight assists. We're starting to see, you know, this is more, okay, this is where the offense is coming. We've been talking a lot of defense, a lot of really solid defensive dudes. But now we, now where the goal is going to come from. Look, here's a here's a potential option. Actually, Sam Galito has a goal in the preseason. And last season, he played for San Antonio FC. San Antonio FC ended up losing to Orange County in the playoffs on penalties. Orange County goes on to win the USL championship championship. I was thinking about that when I was doing these notes, it was like, if you win the cup of, or whatever the tournament, the playoff tournament for the USL championship is, does that mean you won the USL championship championship or did you win the USL championship cup or final? Where do they go? With? I don't think they go with championship championship C squared. Maybe I don't know. We'll have to figure that one out. Uh, but anyway, he played for San, you know, San Antonio FC, uh, so again, that's there's that experience. So not just a lot of regular season matches. He's been in high, high energy, high stress playoff matches as well. And he was one game away from the fucking final last year. So he's gonna be hungry. And he he got that knowledge. He can he can speak to what that experience is like to some of these younger guys. He can tell them like this is how it feels like, and this is what to prepare for. So we'll see. I, th- I think Sam Glita will, he's 25, you know, another. Damn, dude. I'm telling you, this is just because, I mean, it's a solid team, but I'm telling you, you guys are going to be surprised, especially, again, those that are not familiar with USL Championship. It is a competitive league. It is it's tough. So, again, I, I know, obviously, I'm speaking all the positives of these players, but putting them together on the pitch against the team and getting chemistry and making it all work, that's a whole, whole nother fucking ball game. So anyway, all right. Speaking of where the goal is going to come from, let's get into the forwards. Let's talk some forwards because, again, it's, there's more exciting shit here. There's more very, very good potential. And we'll start with the center forward, Seku Kone, 26 years old, uh, from Liberia. Played with Frank at Las Vegas Lights in 2020. And, dude... <laughs> You got to go on transfer market and and look this dude up. Seku Kone, he's 26 years old, but this dude, I mean, from, I don't know if it was Siberia, but I mean, Iceland, Korea, he's played all over the world. This dude has played everywhere. Again, he was born in Liberia, but he was raised in the Netherlands. He was raised in the Netherlands, and that's where he started his soccer career in the second division of Dutch soccer. Is that what it's called? Well, I mean, that's not what the league is called. And he's made 44 USL championship appearances. Once again, pretty pretty good experience. And he's got 12 goals in those 44 appearances. That's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. So 12 goals and 44 USL appearances. Frank's familiar with him. They, you know, they've worked in the past. The dude, this is again. He's just a, another one of those. I can imagine in the locker room having so much experiences from playing in so many places around the world. 
he's probably been in a lot of situations. So when a, a teammate or something is, is curious as to like, what's it like to play in the Arctic Circle or some shit? This dude can can bring him the knowledge, and I don't know that just that'll bring the team closer together. So yeah, again, forty four USL Championship experiences and twelve goals is gonna be is gonna get you a shot to start for this team. This team's gonna need goals from somewhere. If you know, you see uh, Oakland Roots last year, how they they did have stadium issues again at the first half of the season, but they also struggled mightily to score goals. It was interesting that Frank specifically, he he said it, you know, that like I am looking, I started with goal scorers, started with forwards. we got to be able to score goals. And then he got some solid, solid defenders. So that that is going to be important. One of these guys is going to have to be the one that is putting in goals because it's going to be, <laughs> you're going to need a lot of help. So the next guy, another center forward, Christian Voleski. 29 years old, from Henderson, Nevada. Played college soccer at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. This dude was selected by Portland Timbers 32nd overall in 2015. That's pretty fucking impressive, dude. That's pretty impressive. And again, I, this is coming from someone I've been critical of MLS draft. Almost, yeah, I guess I could say poking fun of it. I didn't mean, you know, I don't mean to. But let's be real. I, I, would, talk, I would talk some shit. And I would see it more as like, oh, you're just trying to recreate the NFL's hype. I guess it was Daryl DK that changed my opinion for me. But Jackson Ewell also came out of the draft. But anyway, I've, yeah, I've changed. I'm like the, the MLS draft, you can find some really good players, especially in those first several rounds. And for Christian Voleski to be taken 32nd by fucking Portland. It's Portland. I mean, it's 2015. But it's Portland's been Portland since they joined MLS. They've been a, a top flight team with, with you know, that have, it's been, they've been ambitious, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Dude, and in his, he's, again, he's 29, but he has 154 USL championship appearances. 154, 46 goals, 10 assists. This dude, he's got the credentials. He won the 2015 USL championship championship <laughs> with Rochester Rhino. So again, not another guy who can tell you or tell the young guys what playoff USL championship soccer is like one that's been there. That's won the championship that knows again, what it takes the effort that one needs to take your team all the way that far. 29 years old, again, center forwards, you're not old. You're not old, but at 29 years old, there's definitely younger, faster guys out there. But 154 USL championship appearances, 46 goals, 10 assists. That is going to be invaluable. Is that how you say it? That experience is going to be so important in the locker room, it's, it's especially in the first season. In the first, because let's be real, man. I, I'm, I'm. I'm falling in love with this team. Don't get me wrong. They've never played. So it's kind of hard to be like, I fucking love this team. They're, they're ride or die. But it's going to, there's going to be some rough patches. There's going to be some rough patches. It's the first year. You're trying to figure it all out. There's going to be some bad losses. It's just, it just happens. That's, that's soccer. So, but, so it's important to have these veterans in the locker room to be like, Hey, we've been in this league before. We've both been the team that loses six to one. And we've been on the team that beats the, the newcomers six to one. 
This is what you need to do to, to wake, you know, to to play next week. This is how you got to clear your head. You know, that shit's done. Let's let's keep going. There's a bigger goal to this project. So anyway, so so I, I think that that is extremely important. Yeah. So twenty nine hundred. I'm still going on the hundred fifty four appearances. That's that's just great. Uh, next up is the first local guy and the first signing that they actually ever announced. Walmer Martinez, right wing, 23 years old, from Santa Cruz. He went to SoCal High, but he did not play soccer there. That was pretty important. I was like, must have played uh, club soccer his whole life. And he currently plays for the, the El Salvador national team. Fucking crazy, dude. Um, they, they're a long shot to make it into the World Cup, not going to lie. But it's pretty neat that when those matches come up, you got one of your dudes on there. That's fucking cool, man. He's 23. 23. This dude, again, is still he's still not even in his prime. Last season, he, he played for a Hartford Athletic like a USL Championship. Two goals and 19 appearances. Not, not the greatest. But, again, you're coming back home. He he graduated from CSUMB. I mean, talk about knowing knowing the area. The the dude knows where all the good food is. The dude knows where the dorms are. The dude the dude knows the space. I don't know. I've never been to Hartford. I've never been to Connecticut. But I could assume it's a lot different. <laughs> it's a lot different than the Monterey Bay. And so I'm sure he's excited to come back and and hopefully I'm not gonna say rejuvenate because it, it's hard to be like somebody that's playing for their national team to say that, that they're not doing well. But I, I hope this can he can have a breakout season and it would be a great story, not only because he's local, but because it's Monterey Bay's first season. And it'd be so cool to have some guy, you know, that, that's out there on the national level getting, getting that attention. Um, next up, uh, center forward Chris Cortez, 33 years old, from Mission Viejo, Played a year at Cal. <laughs> the dude got into Cal, bro. So he played a year at Cal, left Cal to join the Chivas USA Academy. If you're not too familiar with Major League Soccer, there used to be a Chivas a American affiliate in Major League Soccer called Chivas USA. And uh, they weren't the most successful team, but it was still the Chivas, you know, still the same ownership, all that stuff. So he has nine MLS appearances. He's been in the he's been in the big leagues, baby. Nine MLS appearances, hundred and fifty-one appearances in USL Championship. I mean, come on, you're you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of USL Championship appearances amongst this roster. It's it's a pretty pretty decent roster. It's it's got experience. Um, but dude, this dude's six three two eleven. That's how they have him at the Monterey Bay FC website. That's a big fucking dude. And you need a bruiser, you know. You got to do it up up top on free kicks, on set pieces. You need somebody banging into people, jumping over people. And somebody that has 52 goals and 19 assists in USL Championship. Yeah, they're, they're probably the right guy to do that. So that's exciting, you know. that You, ha you have that mix, you know. You, so, so, again, player like Wadmed, who's a little bit younger, who's coming back home, who, you know, has got this excitement, doesn't have all the pressure of having to carry the team on his own as well. You know, he who have a, a veteran backup, or not backup, I, I don't know how they're going to line them up, but have a veteran 
in Chris Cortez to be like, bro, I, I'll I'll help you share the load, bro. It's tough, you know. You come back home, you're gonna have your mom in there, or who? Yeah, your mom's gonna be in the crowd and shit, and family, all this. So that that's fucking exciting to have uh, uh, again a veteran presence like Chris Cortez, who's got the full experience. And because again, this is this is one I think my more exciting signings that they did is uh, another a forward Jesse Maldonado, nineteen years old, dude, nineteen. He's from Chandler, Arizona. This is his first ever professional contract. He was noticed by Frank. Again, I found an article that Frank said that he saw him at a at a tryout for for Phoenix Rising. And again, Frank was was Phoenix Rising what, four years ago, something like that. So that, the kid was fifteen, and at fifteen, Frank was like, "Dude, I had, I'd seen enough to sign him right then and there." Dude, so that that's exciting. He played uh, one season at Yavapai College in Prescott, Arizona. He has eleven goals and seven assists in fourteen appearances. Mm, that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. That, that's exciting. Again, I don't expect this guy to be a regular starter. He's he's so young, but it's nice to see that they're going that way. I know it's year one, but, oh, man, I would love for this team in the future, year three, four, five, whatever, they have an academy. They have a USL League One team playing in Salinas. You know, I just, I still want to book it. <laughs> but, um, but, again, just because, again, you have the talent, and, and I understand, bro, the talent is in this area, but a lot of the times it's raw talent. It's raw talent. We don't have the discipline. We don't have the coaches around here. We don't have the weight rooms. We don't have the money to join the traveling teams. It's just raw fucking talent because we just grow up. Again, When if you're in Salinas, there's a very good chance that when you're born, your dad shows up with a fucking soccer ball. He has dreams. He's, he's already seen you in the fucking El Tri uniform or wherever... Latin American country your parents may come from. That's just how it is around here. But again, unfortunately, Mark Cisneros, big shout out to Mark Cisneros at Al Sal High. He, that's a powerhouse. That's a powerhouse that's producing players, but he's just a, a high school program. He can only do so much. He can't have the players for a long time. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But I'm super excited. Jesse Maldonado, 19 years old, had a great season last year at Yavapai. And yeah, I, another one that I'm excited to see how, how he blossoms. Uh, next up, final. We made it, y'all. We made it to the end. And our last stop here is a center forward by the name of Chase Boone, 26 years old, from Beaverton, Oregon. He played uh, college soccer at University of Redlands, which just sounded like a Northern California university, but apparently it's not. It's down south in Imperial Valley. Last season, he played with San Diego Loyal, made eight appearances. Not too much. Again, he's 26 years old, and because there's not too much, it seems like more, more of a depth piece. But another person that, coming from San Diego, it's a little colder here, but it's pretty similar vibes. So it's another great opportunity to start fresh you start over on a brand new team there's really very little expectations 538 has a less than one percent chance that that monterey bay fc will win the usl final 
championship. So yeah, so and, and that that makes sense. Again, I, I let's be real. I, I I look forward to supporting this team. I look forward to going to Cardinale Stadium, but it's the first season. This is a project. I got a cliche for y'all. Rome wasn't built in a day. You like that? You like that? I came up with that. And yeah, so so let's be real. You know, every everyone the team doesn't have very high expectations, so all of these players have the opportunity to make a name for themselves, to get themselves out there, yeah, and possibly move on to, to something bigger. So anyway, let's just wrap this up a couple of minutes with a little preview because, uh, again, Monterey Bay plays Phoenix Rising tomorrow. Phoenix is one of the better teams in the league. Speaking of... 538 projections, 538 gives them a 10% chance of winning the USL championship. Those are pretty good odds, bro. One out of 10, there's like 20-something teams in the league. You know, I think it's like the third best odds. Phoenix Rising's been playing in USL championships since 2014. They were originally Arizona United Soccer Club in 2016. They were sold and rebranded to Phoenix Rising FC. They are really... They're on their second fucking training facility. This team is dope. So yeah, if you beat them, you really got people's attention. So they were the 2019 regular season champions, the supporter shield champions, I guess was what MLS fans would, would call it. They won the USL championship version of the supporter shield. And at one point in that 2019 season, I remember they caught my attention because they won 20 matches in a row. 20 that's a literally a north american record mls do they count league imx in north america i would think mexico is north america right i know this speak spanish and shit but if central america is right below they have to be north america anyway 20 matches in a row dude they've played seven preseason matches they've gone four two and one 20 goals for 10 against they're like, let's get this fucking season started. They beat Sporting Kansas City, which against the preseason. Nobody's trying to get hurt. People are just, you know, you're trying to build that chemistry. But Sporting Kansas City is, again, a team that knows exactly how they play. They don't, you know, they kind of have their Sporting Kansas City way. So it's not like this team is trying to figure itself out. That's pretty impressive. So they played a lot of preseason matches. They were very successful. They scored a lot of goals against some tough competition. So Monterey Bay better be ready. And they're going to be, man. It's exciting. It's your first time ever going out in a competitive match playing for that badge. It, it's got to be fucking, it's got to be exciting. I got to finish this because I got to edit and publish this. I want, this has to come out. It's going to come out hours before the start of the USL championship season. I'm excited. Again, if you're around Salinas, come to XL public house. If you don't make it this week, come over next week playing Colorado. We're going to do the same thing all over again. We're going to keep doing it until May 7th, where we're going to be at the stadium, Cardinale stadium, first match. Let's go. I'm fucking excited. Catch y'all next week. Peace.